Big Stories of the Day. Hashtag SAFM Sunrise. 11 after 7, good morning. A series of rulings in the Constitutional Court yesterday relating to how independents and political parties will compete against each other for seats in Parliament and provincial, legis- and provincial legislatures for the first time in next year's elections. In one case, the number of signatures required for an independent candidate to contest the elections was reduced from 15,000 to 1,000, which is the same as the number of signatures a political party needs to contest the elections. In other words... They now compete equally on the number of signatures, independents, and political parties. But in another case, which relates to how independent candidates will need to run in a region, which is really a province, the court said the Electoral Amendment Act was constitutional. As I understand it, this is technical, but as I understand it, what this means is that of the 400 seats in the National Assembly, political parties can contest for all of them while independent candidates cannot, which would seem to me to mean that independent candidates are at a disadvantage. To put it another way, it is technically possible for a single political party to win all of the 400 seats in the National Assembly, but it is not technically possible for an independent candidate to win all 400 seats because of the way independent candidates are assigned to a region or a province. Vali Musa was the chair of the Ministerial Advisory Committee, which looked at electoral reform, but the recommendations he made with the majority of the committee were not followed by government. Instead, government followed the minority findings. He joins us now. Mr. Musa, good morning and thank you for your time. Uh, Good morning, Stephen, and good morning to your listeners. Some of this is very technical. Is what I've explained your understanding of what this means for independent candidates? It's fairer than it was, but it still, to me, doesn't seem to be completely fair between independent candidates and political parties. Uh, Stephen, let me just say at the outset that I speak in my personal capacity here. The judgments uh, are lengthy and very, very complex. And I think of necessity it should be so because... Um, the reform of an electoral system of its very nature will be complex. But if we strip everything and just look at the bare bones of what happened yesterday, frankly, I must tell you, it's a big game changer for the Republic of South Africa. Because for the first time, it's going to be truly possible for an independent candidate, for Stephen Hurtis to stand up and say, I'm going to register as a candidate and I'm going to ask all of my listeners, people who know me in the SAFM, to vote for me because they know that I'm a good man and that I'm an intelligent man. And you can theoretically do that. All you would need to do is to collect 1,000 signatures to show that you are serious. Uh, you are a serious candidate to participate. But the interesting thing is that the 1,000 signatures that you collect, you, you would be able to collect it from anywhere in the entire province of Gauteng because you're based in Auckland Park. And, uh, and to collect a thousand signatures from such a large number of people is not a difficult task for anybody who's going to be very serious. When Parliament originally uh, passed the law, the political parties, the DA and the ANC, who essentially control Parliament, uh, needed to provide for independent candidates because the constitutional court in an earlier judgment instructed parliament to do so. So they decided they would do so, but they would make it so difficult 
that in reality it would be very, very difficult for any independent person to really run for elections. You would need to collect something between 10 and 15,000 signatures, which is not an easy thing to do unless you have a huge big machinery behind you. And that has changed to reduce the number from, say, 10,000 to 1,000. And that's a very, very big change. So I think that we are entering into a completely new era. We can expect a substantial, a large number of independent candidates in all of the provinces to register. And I think that we will probably see uh, 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 independent candidates coming into parliament in 2024. They will not be the majority because in the nature of things, independents you know, don't constitute the majority generally anywhere in the world. Political parties dominate. And I think that's the right thing to do because Democracy, as we know it, needs political parties and functioning political parties. But the independence in our parliament will play a crucial role in terms, especially if no single political party gets 50% of the vote. So this is going to be a, a, a very big change that we will have. The other important thing about independent candidates is they will be in a position to speak their mind. Not one of them will be subject to a party line as such. So every time parliament goes to vote on a matter, there will be a high degree of, of surprise in what the outcome would be. And the general public will have the opportunity to lobby parliament very hard, knowing that the people that you can make change their minds would be the independent candidates. Because remember, political parties, take the DA or the ANC would say, oh, well, that's our policy it was decided at the National Congress, we can't change our minds on the matter. But independent candidates will be subject to public persuasion much more than political parties. So this is a completely new era. Let me say quickly the point you raised about the 200, 200, what the, what the Act says is that of the 400 members of Parliament, up to 200 can be elected independent, uh, can be elected as independent candidates. The other have to come from political parties. Now, I don't think that is necessarily wrong. You could argue that instead of it being 200, 200, it should have been 300, 100, or you could make a different case there. They, the, the reason you need that is because of proportionality. Unlike the system in the UK, we have a proportional representation system. In the United Kingdom, or take for example in the, in the United States, uh, the last, the, when, when Donald Trump was elected as the president, uh, he, he did not get most of the votes. He got less votes than his competitor, but he was elected in terms of that system. So we, our system tries to, to avoid that by creating proportionality. And once you have proportionality, you need in technical terms what are referred to as compensatory seats. Those could be 200, 100, or any, any number as such. But I think the number is not that important. The important thing is that the system needs that. And the court said, well, 200, 200 is as good a proportion as any would be. And that's, you know, I respect the court's view on that. Others have strongly been of the view that the compensatory mm -hmm. seat should have been less than 200. That's also a legitimate point of view. Okay. But I think the important thing, Stephen, is that we've got, we, we've got a different ball game come, coming up here right now. And, it, and it's an exciting time for us. And I would really 
I would really say to everybody, go out and register. Make sure you register because you're going to have the pick of the choice. If you don't like the political party you voted for in the past, if you don't like any of the political parties, you are going to find somebody on that list that you really like and you can vote for. And Vali, very quickly, if we can, um, as I understand it, there might actually be more reform after the elections. This might be the only elections we have with this system. Do you believe we need further reform after this, after this election? No, we definitely need further reform. The current system, uh, Parliament, for some reason, uh, uh, approved the, 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 the new system, which we will be subject to in 2024, as an interim measure. And the law which amended the Electoral Act at the same time established a reform panel in order to create a new electoral system. So this will be changed, I believe. And in my view, I have very little doubt that in 2029, we will be voting for people in constituencies. In other words, not only political, not only independent candidates, but political parties will also have to put up their own candidates on an individual basis in constituencies to face the electorate. Right now, as you know, that... Uh, those who stand as members of the political part of political parties don't need to face the electorate directly. In the case of the DA, only Stiernhazen faces the electorate. The rest of them hide behind him. So you've got that. That will come to an. I think that will come to an end, uh, and that's the reason that Parliament has established the electoral panel. In some form or another, it will come to an end. So there'll be another big change. Sure. So unfortunately, we we're going to have three elections in a row with three different electoral systems. Vali Musab, thank you very much indeed. Speaking in his personal capacity, as he says, but was chair of the Ministerial Advisory Committee, which looked at electoral reform. You're with SFM 21 minutes after seven. Professor Susan Boyson is a director of research at the Mapungubwe Institute for Strategic Reflection. Professor Boyson, good morning to you. Vali Musa is very excited. He suggests that we're going to have big changes to our politics. Do you expect there to be a large number of independent candidates in the National Assembly next year. Good morning, Stephen. Um, it is a possibility, but I don't think there's going to be a huge number. It's all, all independent candidates, prospective ones, will, will be very mindful of the fact that you need a large number of votes to get in there at national and regional or provincial level, where, as you may be known in your community, it would have been good for local, but in your community only, it takes a lot of effort and money and campaigning to transfer that kind of reputation into the national or provincial spheres. So there may be quite a number, but I don't think it will be a huge number. It, the bar has been lowered now, so it it becomes much more feasible, which is a great thing for democracy, especially in a time where there's quite a bit of despondency about political parties. But still, we can also look back at small political parties in previous elections in South Africa. La, quite a large number of them contested, and it's a handful, only a fraction really, that eventually made it into parliament and didn't fall their deposits, etc.
So those will always remain restraints. And it could be that uh, prospective candidates come in very starry-eyed and think of new political futures. But if they do reality checks on prospects, they will probably try to save their either 20,000 rand deposit, the likely deposit for contestation by independence in for parliament or the 15,000 for provinces. That is not incredibly high, but still not everybody would have that kind of money available and we would be prepared to forfeit that. Um, so there are many different things going on here. Uh, Vali Musa makes the point, and I think it's a very interesting point, that you would be able to lobby independent candidates in a way you can't really lobby political parties. I mean, there's a current example. No one in the ANC is going to vote against the NHI, for example, um, because that's a party decision. Now, if uh, things were closer than they are in our current parliament, and if uh, opposition parties were, say, above 45%, and the, D- and the ANC was below 50%, independent candidates, candidates could suddenly hold the balance of power and could be sort of lobbied independently of political parties. Wouldn't the corollary of that be that our politics would probably become quite unstable? It, it, it could very much be. We have seen coalitions at local government level, for example, that the Tiny community parties, tiny parties, a few, a handful of independents, even at local government level, there are only a few independents around the country. And they have been lobbied and they have become major players in those coalitions with the bigger parties, the ANC or the DA, just need a bit of top up in order to get to their 50% outright majority levels. And we've already seen that the ANC as part of its coalition strategy for the next election has alluded to that they will be targeting small parties, independents and community parties where their majorities are just a touch short of 50%. And we can imagine that this will be the case for all major party formations that may be trying to build to up to that 50%. And yes, indeed, there can be a lot of instability in in presence of small bodies. It will be quite difficult to keep individuals in independence and to account on how they voted in parties. Okay, we know this is often is not worth the paper it's written on, but there is a political party that can be held to account. And for in for independence, it could be very difficult to reach a person and to get out of accountability out of a person like that. So it's not necessarily this amazing new change. It is a big change. It's a structural change. But in terms of the content of South African politics, I don't foresee that they're going to be a, bringing a huge amount of substantive difference to how our politics unfolds. Is there any reason why someone could not, for example, say, knowing that the governing party, whichever they may be in the future, is going to get 49% and say, I'm now going to campaign to be the minister of electricity and I will give my position, my share of the vote, however it all works out, my voting seat in the National Assembly to the governing party so long as they do that. And someone could be very explicit about it, could literally be their entire campaign. Suddenly they're in a very interesting position. 
uh, certainly uh, that will make that will kind of position will make a big difference i think it will take a huge amount of persuasion though to entrust an individual like that with a huge mandate like that and that individual will have to slot into the structure of the party that is recruiting her or him and to each other such a person will then be taking possible possessions from people in that party so that will be a very strange and complex relationship and should the person actually come to the fore and have that kind of gravitas to carry that with credibility then that could make a difference i i want to see those people emerging first Professor Susan Boyson, thank you. Director of Research at the Mapungubwe Institute for Strategic Reflection. Really appreciate the time.